This podcast is, um, this time around, we are uh, doing something that I've wanted to do for a while because this is something that I've been studying. Well, actually, Gibbon and I have been studying this for years. It's, um, it's basically uh, decoding the processes the processes of, um, of really successful people. And what right? you need to know is that John and I get on kicks where we are each obsessed with somebody who has a very interesting or exciting process. So lately, yours has been TB12. You, you've been into, you were into Tom Brady. I'm done with that now. You've, and you've I'm, moved on. I've moved on to that now. My current, my, cor- my current process du jour guy is Will Smith. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram or any of that, or that stuff. He is unbelievably motivational, and he talks about the amount of focus he had while he was being the biggest movie star in the world for 12 years and how he didn't, he never went out, he never had a drink, he never did any of these things. Is that right? He was hyper-focused on that and about the mental discipline required, and I've been loving that. Yeah, there's a, there's a, um, I've been uh, locked into these videos on YouTube, um, and you can find, if you just search motivation or Mm -hmm. inspire, what, what's happened is these, um, these curators have gone through and they found speeches from people like, um, like, like Will like Smith. Will Smith. Yeah, like Will Smith and also uh, Denzel Washington, uh, even you know, Mel Gibson, uh, Les Brown, the great the Christian motivational speaker, and, uh, and put it to music. And so this is like what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> that's all I want to do is I keep sending them to give. Yeah. But it's, you know, I, I now wake up. Uh, because of all this stimulation at three thirty in the morning, and literally by and, and give, give, can't even believe this because it's just not me. Nope. Um, it's uh, you know four fifteen in the morning. I've got people screaming on my ear, going, "You just get up, get up, and win your day." So that's what we're going to talk about today. Is um, is what Gibb and I have learned over the last several months uh, of how to hack yourself to greatness, right? I, exactly, and how and and all of the little tricks that people out there, the Tim Ferrisses of the world, are obsessed with. We are also obsessed with. With all, with all of those little tricks, like what gets the rock out of bed at 3.30 in the morning? What about Harrison, James Harrison, the linebacker formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, now of the uh, New England Patriots? What makes him work out at 40 harder than anybody works out at yeah. 19? Yeah. Those kinds of things. What makes people push themselves to those exceptional limits? And we have a whole plethora, that's right, I said plethora, of information and research-backed studies that support some of that stuff, as well as anecdotes from uh, hyper-successful people. And that's part of what we're going to be talking about today. And just to get really, uh, really geeky, uh, we, are sh- we are shooting this on a uh, Lumix GX, uh, G- GH5, rather. It's a 4K camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the first time, I'm using this device, and Gibb knows that I've, I've tried everything. It's gets a little like- obsessive. That's another, that might be part of the process, is get so obsessive that you buy uh, however much money uh, worth of gear on B&H Photo. I, I sell more gear. I sell as much gear as I, as I buy, but I think I've settled on this thing called the Epiphan Pearl. It's, it's, uh, you can't see it right here, but it's about, it's about this big. Sounds like a feminine hygiene I, product. It, it does, but uh, it's what we're streaming on now, and we're shooting in, in, uh, in 4K, which means we're just shooting on one camera. Uh, I'm sorry about the the geekiness here, uh, but if you're if you're listening to the podcast, please go to Facebook and and take a look at this because here's our this is our um, our wide shot right. This is on the same camera, and then what I've done is I've punched in uh, by cropping to a, a a tight shot of uh, of me, which is here, but it's the same camera right because it's in 4K. You can do that, and then a picture of of Gib and I, a video of the, of Gib and I, the two of us in a uh, in a split screen. That's that there you I go. Did a terrible job with. 
Um, anyway, what we'd like to do is um, is start with somebody that I just discovered. Give have you heard? Of, uh, yes, you you mentioned I, it to me. I turned you on to this. You person. mentioned uh, uh, Mel Robbins to me, right? Yes, and we are trying. I, I she is unavailable until Q two, so I got a few days left, and then I'm going to hit her people back up. We're trying to get an interview with her. Yeah, I can see why she's unavailable because I I've seen her. I think on every YouTube uh, channel. Uh, and she's just a tremendous interview. But what I didn't know is that Mel Robbins, who wrote The Five Second Rule, which is a great book, and it's in my Kindle right mm-hmm. now, I, I did not know. Uh, and by the way, we're, we're recording over there uh, on, the, uh, on Logic? We absolutely are recording. we're recording on about 16 different de- yep. <laughs> devices. Now you can find us anywhere. I could show you behind-the-scenes video. There is nobody else in this room. It's just the two of us <laughs> and like 19 recording devices. So we, we've, got the, we've got it covered. Yeah, there's, there, there are gearheads now who are like looking through everything going, what the heck is that keyboard? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, what I didn't know, Gib, was that she and her husband opened up a uh, – uh, her husband had a job doing something, and he quit and opened up a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know this story? Nope. And the, and the restaurant was very successful, okay? And so what happened was he and his partners, as the story goes, they decided that they wanted to open two, three more restaurants and then also ship stuff to grocery stores. That's how popular it was, and I believe right. it was in, in Boston. Right. Well, long story short, bankruptcy – uh, $800,000 in debt. They, mm. were, they were in danger of losing their house. Uh, Mel, by her own admission, uh, would not get out of bed. She was, uh, was drinking too much, That she, mm-hmm. you know, she said, and just going, sounds like me right after I had my cancer diagnosis. Wait, wait a second. <laughs> maybe, but you also, it also sounds like you right after you had your chemo. When yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's totally understandable. For sure. Thank you very anyway. much for that. Uh, but anyway... She pulled herself up. One day, she just she just decided, um, I'm going to count five, four, three, two, one, and I'm going to get my life to, uh, back together. And I feel like that I can I can really mm-hmm. identify with her. So there's a tip here that we want to talk about uh, from her uh, from the five second rule. She says that uh, procrastination this is the five second rule. By it the way. is. Yeah, We're about yeah. to give it to you. So she says procrastination is not about our work ethic or our ability to get things done. It's a way we cope with stress Mm -hmm. because whatever we're putting off is linked to something that's stressing us out. But she says you can use this five-second rule in almost any situation, so work, relationships, health. So, for example, she uses this example in the book. You know you should make a doctor's appointment, but you've been putting it off because Mm -hmm. it's scary. Instead of thinking about it, just count five, four, three, two, one, and then boom, you decide to call. I know it sounds ridiculously simple, right? Or if you're tempted to eat something, you shouldn't think five, four, three, two, one. Nope, I'm not going to eat that. And she says there's science behind this. And her example, right, Gib, is if you saw a child drowning in a pool. Right. So, yeah, if you see a child drowning in a pool, you wouldn't even think you would just act. You would use a, 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 a what she calls your gut instinct, your subconscious mind, whatever, whatever that may be, and you would just act. And by forcing you to make a decision in the five, four, three, two, one. You are you are getting rid of the problem of overthinking. You are getting out of your head when it comes to with with, with like with that paradigm where you go, oh, both options are good. I just can't decide on the best one, so I'm going to choose neither. And you end up making the choice of being of doing nothing. Five, four, three, two, one forces you to act in that moment. And uh, nine times out of ten, that's that's the right choice. And even I had a football coach when I was a kid who used to say, if you forget what the play is, Rob Levin, by the way, if you're watching, he, if you forget what the play is, it doesn't matter. Just find somebody in another jersey and hit him. 
Uh, and he, his whole thing was, no matter <laughs> what happens, great tip. I love hit that. somebody. The one thing he didn't want to see was you standing around on the field looking confused. Right. Hit yeah. somebody. And yeah. that's kind of the point here is making a decision is always better. Even the wrong decision, because you can fail fast, is always better than making no decision. And that's what the five-second rule motivates you to do. Hit somebody. Yeah, you know, uh, the other thing, I mean, we can go through. There's so many uh, uh, people that, uh, that we've studied, Gib, and that's really what we're about in this, uh, in this process uh, podcast, uh, Decoding Other People's Processes, um, is uh, winning the morning. I mean, I think on the radio show and on the podcast, we've talked about this mm-hmm. ad nauseum. Uh, I, I, I never really got it, you know, and I, I think the reason was I, I would get up, um, you, know, if, you know, the one thing I had to stop doing um, I, and I, and it was because I was just to be honest, it was because I was feeling sorry for myself, mm. but I would, you know, after I finished my, I would do the radio show and I would do some music and then it would be about seven 30 at night. And you know, Gib, I would have a couple of scotches or more Oh yeah. and I'd jump in the pool and yeah. just sort of, you know, hang out, which is amazing. Right. But what happens is that was two hours of, of, of my day when I wasn't available. Uh, the kids were out of the house, but I wasn't available for, for my wife. Uh, and then I would feel, you know, I couldn't wake up at anything other than maybe seven or eight o'clock. So right. that's, that's two or three hours. Right. I could have been writing a book or writing music or something like that. So now um, it's it, all, all of this stuff that we're talking about, the Navy SEAL stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and Mel Robbins and everything. You know, I'm up at 3.30. You're up at 3.30 4 because you have three kids. I am. Um, so I could sleep in. But I'm, I'm up at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, every day. And so by the time people get up, Mm-hmm. I'm already ready to go back to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I've already, but you've also already so you see people getting out of bed and starting their day and having their coffee or whatever. And it's when you've been up since four thirty in the morning, you've already had you've already had that win. You already have a head start on those other people. That's uh, not to not to belabor the point, but that's part of Will Smith's whole bag. Is he says I may not be the most talented, I may not be the best at whatever I'm doing, but I am the hardest worker. So he says if you if you get next to him on a treadmill. He may not be a better athlete than you. He may not be a better runner, but he will either stay on the treadmill longer than you or die, right? And that it's that it's that. And he says, while you're working, while you're sleeping, I'm working. While you are, while you're eating, I'm working. And that's part of the benefit of being an early riser and getting and starting the morning with that win is you already get yourself into that mindset of I am working harder than everybody else. I am. I am the one. I am the one who knocks. I am the one who grinds. And you know what else? I used to always think, Gib. I used to always think uh, that you know, exercise was was for getting strong, and exercise was for uh, you know, losing weight, getting your blood pressure down, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, but literally I, the nine thousand things we talk about on all of the intelligence yeah, for life properties. Yeah, but but I, I you know, I finally have come to the realization that um, it's nothing. It's not at all about any of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's about exactly what you were talking about, which is having a win. Yeah, you know, and and whether you're exercising for 23 minutes or or I I, I try to go for like you, I'm like an hour. I, my my timer is an hour, one minute, and 30 seconds. You know, every, <laughs> and, but but listen, if I don't if I don't get to that, yeah, then my day is completely different because it's not about exercise. It's about just what you're talking about with Will Smith. Look what I in my head, right? It's a prideful thing. Look what I did that that one percent right. of the country didn't do. Right, and then that motivates you to do the next thing. That, and and if you want to talk about how, using the five second rules, flipping back to this for a second, when you're getting out of bed, when you're getting ready to exercise, do the five second rule. When you're sitting there and your alarm is going off and you have to choose between rolling over and going back to bed, which is the most tempting thing in the world. Samson and, and Delilah had nothing on on the the cool side of the pillow at five o'clock in the morning. Wow. Uh, 
that moment, if you do the five, four, three, two, one, and you make the choice to get up and exercise is a great time to apply the five second rule. And we, right before you hit that snooze button. There, there's a, a book that, um, that, that I love, and it's very, very similar to what, what Gibb and I are talking about. Um, it's, called, uh, it's called Deep Work. It's by uh, Cal Newport, and uh, Gibb will, will list it on the uh, – we'll put it on Facebook, but also on the, uh, on the podcast. Um, but it's it, – it it's, you know, Cal Newport is a lot like Ryan Holiday and those guys where uh, he, he believes that we are confusing busyness mm-hmm. with – creativity right. and, and, and work. Right. So what deep work is about just at the, I, I, I mean, you really should read the book that. And also uh, Stephen Pressfield, he wrote, do the work. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, the war of art. Right. And, and, and don't you think that the reason why there are so many of these books, like the obstacle is the way mm-hmm. ego is the enemy, mm-hmm. deep work, the success principles is that we, there's so much distraction 100%. that we've got this urge, this sort of God given urge was like, I want to create something, but wait, let me check my Facebook page. Yeah. So now there are all kinds of books about detoxing and we talk about it on the radio show. All Technology the time. detoxing is important. So, so, I mean, we, I, I talk about this on all of my social media feeds all the time. Um, and, and, and I know the, I understand the irony of what I'm about to say, um, how badly we need to unplug because we are literally addicted to the dings and the, and the likes and the double taps and the, all of that stuff is literally addicting to us. So we get that feedback and it shoots a little squirt of dopamine into your brain. And that makes you feel like you're doing something good. It is a good feeling. And I totally get that. That feedback is a good feeling. But what happens is we become so addicted to that meaningless feedback loop that we are not out there doing the things that we're supposed to do. And we get this sort of retroactive depression where we go and we don't have that, that, that much bigger high of long sustained goals that you finally accomplish. That is a much bigger high than getting the, little, the social media feedback loop. And we're, we're, we're losing that. So what's happening is all of us, we are obsessed with the emails and the being connected. And in fact, you know, 40 years ago, when some of this technology was on the horizon, uh, business executives were theorizing that we would be so productive, we would have a 10-minute workday, and we could get everything that we right. needed to get done yeah. done. Yeah. We, would be a, we would be a society of leisure. And if you look, go back and look at futuristic movies from, the, from those eras, it's either <laughs> dystopian or it is everybody lives a life of leisure because production is so easy and simple that we're all able to do it in 10 minutes. Now, what has happened instead is... We have that productivity at our fingertips, and we end up wasting 99% of our time on meaningless, pointless stuff, and that has made us depressed. And so there's all these books of people who are like, hey, here is how you break the cycle of things that are against your own best interests. So sitting there and going through the Facebook feed, which again, I'm aware of the irony of me talking about this right now is against your own best interest. It is, it is stopping you from writing the book. It is stopping you from going on that 30-minute walk that is going to start your better, healthier journey. It is, it is stopping you from, doing, uh, from, from taking that online class that is going to get you one step closer to the job that you're going for. All of that stuff, we interrupt with these, with these dings and whistles, and, we, um, and, that's, and that is why all of these authors are making a killing by telling you how to undo it. And we know, too, uh, we've seen many data uh, pieces of data and also research that shows that you know, when you get a like on Instagram or you get a like on, on, on Facebook or even just a happy face or a, or a fist bump, it actually does release dopamine in your body. Yeah. So we don't want to be the, you know, the, hey, stop, get off social media, whatever. But, but you, it, planning it, right? And I, I've, I've actually started using the do not disturb on my, uh, on my phone. Thing. 
yeah, it's a it's it's a great part of. Uh, and we of, like of the, the Pomodoro app. technique. Not to not to be yeah. all about us. We're going to talk about some more experts in a second. But the Pomodoro technique is great. If you guys don't know what the Pomodoro technique is, there are a bunch of timers you can get on the App Store, or the Google Play Store, and basically it's twenty five minutes of uninterrupted focus. So whatever that may be that you're doing, if that task includes answering emails or you know if you run a social media account for a company, doing that. That's what it includes. But for 25 minutes, you are completely focused. And then you take a five-minute break, a mandatory five-minute break, and then another 25 minutes on. Because we can't have sustained focus for more than 25 minutes. We need that break. But it also gives you the context within which to, to do your best work and your most focused work. And then you have no excuse. You can't procrastinate in that time. Yeah, and keep in mind, too, that, uh, that we are really, we, we've been trying to figure out a way to... Um, well, we've been trying to figure out focus for the for the podcast because we've been all over the place, you know, mm-hmm. interviewing people. But we really, you know, given I both have talked about, we really want to share with you the stuff that we learn from all of our, our our researchers and from experience and make. I mean, I'm 65 years old. I've made every mistake that you can possibly imagine. Um, some stuff's turned out great, but there's also been some things I had to learn the the, the hard way. You didn't go through a performance art phase. So you got that going for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I want to. I want to. I, I mentioned it earlier. Just uh, go to YouTube. I, I, it's like I give a laugh. I just discovered YouTube. Like and seriously, of- <laughs> like years ago, we were spending money on a video platform for our website, and I said, you know, we could we, we could just use YouTube to host this. And you're like, ah, I don't really like YouTube. And then like six months later, you come back and you're like. Have you seen YouTube? It's amazing. There's all kinds of stuff on there. You got to get it's into YouTube. True. It's true, but but if you just uh, if you search on YouTube, search, search motivation hub or just motivation or inspire whatever, and you'll see uh, these guys who have created these videos that are truly. Uh, I, I hate to even tell you about it because you get it, you get, you're going to end up at at the level that I am now of, of interest. I don't want any competition, right. <laughs> but uh, it's like recommending a good restaurant that you can't get in yeah. anymore. Uh, but it's and you have to be in the mood because these people are even TD Jakes is on there. These people are are, are shouting at you. Let's get to some uh, let's get to some more some more data. We get really excited about sharing everything that we've learned. This is about now. Uh, it's it's interesting because we just came off of the you know the Olympic Games and mm-hmm. and um, I was telling Gib you know. For those of you who are still alive, I used to, I used to announce uh, the World Figure Skating Championships and some other sports uh, with with Scott Hamilton and and also track and field and stuff like that. And track and field, you know, from to, to me hasn't really ch- it's like physics, right? It doesn't really change that much, you right. know the, the the law of the gases and the metric and whatever. It all stays the same. But when I saw the figure skating this year, right, I just couldn't even believe it. It's you know the the concentration that it takes for these guys to pull this stuff off, mm-hmm. uh, and and then just how how dangerous it's become, and even the snowboarding too. Oh my um, gosh! But it reminds me of of covering ski racing, Gib, and 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 I I've mentioned this before, and and being in the start house with some of these guys and watching how they they prepare. And so uh, this this piece is about um, the best way to stay cool under pressure, and um, it's basically that you know at a certain level, right. All these athletes can 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 pretty much do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So so what, what did we see? We saw Michaela Schifrin, right? Yep. She her, her biggest battle was was not her, uh, her 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 athletic ability. It was in her mind. She right. was throwing up before every every race, right. trying to get a hold of herself. So a lot of these athletes That's have part of her process. Yeah, it's a heck of a process. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like you don't want to be around her during the yeah. process. So anyway, uh, one of the tips is in any stressful situation. Get to the point where you focus on anything that you can control. I'm really bad about this. Performance psychologist Dr. Lauren Loberg says, in her work with NFL players, don't miss this, she has found the most successful athletes have what she calls tunnel vision focus where they ignore conditions they can't change, like the weather, traffic, booing fans, because the more in control you feel, 
the less stressed you'll be. And Gib, I want you to comment on this because you're a huge baseball fan. Yep. And I've never been able to understand how, especially, well, batter, yes, of course, but but a pitcher can tune that stuff out. But when you but when you talk to them, they don't ever they don't hear anything. No, you have you have to be able to, in order to perform at any level. Just like uh, when you're on stage, that's one of the things you love so much about being on stage is that in that moment there is nothing else. There is only that moment because if you get if you think about literally yeah, anything else, yeah, yeah. it will it will completely unravel everything, and you and and there's no point to it. You have you, your emails off. You nobody calls you. You have an excuse for anything. You are on stage. You are interacting with the audience, and that is it. It's the same. I know you don't like to see it this way, but it is exactly the same. And actually, didn't somebody write about this in a book about how your performance? He, he took all of these high performers in life and and uh, linked it back to their their college athletics. Yes, yeah, for and, sure. And yeah. one of that, that when you were one of the chapters. So that idea is that is, is exactly the same. You have to tune it out. You have to get into another headspace. And this is what's so great. Uh, one of the things I love so much about prayer and meditation is that you are, when you are, uh, when you are in that moment, when you just learn to focus on your breath or you learn to focus on God in that moment, you, you lose everything else. It is, it is the beauty of God is that you, he is so much more powerful than anything that you could be experiencing in any one moment that it, ha- it makes you uh, realize the futility of focusing on anything else. It's the same mental image, the same mental grit that comes from that is what you have to tap into when you are a high-performing athlete or a high-performing performer. That is the point. We're talking about the best way to stay cool under pressure is, is to copy what, uh, what high-performing athletes do. Um, and the next tip is uh, that uh, top athletes, they imagine the worst-case scenario. So Dr. Loberg says, imagining disaster uh, is a great way to help you prepare because as you think about all the things that could go wrong, You'll also find solutions to help prevent those things from happening. So if you imagine a projector at work breaking down before an important presentation, right. you have time to come up with a backup plan uh, will help limit your stress. Now, listen, I, I went through stage fright, right, for a, a good, uh, well, most of my life. Uh, and then it took me five years of work with, uh, with psychologist John Hart to, to, to uh, get rid of it or to, to at least be able to manage it. And, and what he did was he had me practice failing. Right, mm-hmm. uh, where it was he would say, "Hey, make a mistake now, get out of it." Mm-hmm. And so, with with a facial expression or a body body language, you, you know, you are going to fail. You know, you're going to miss a you're going to miss a shot. You're going to have an own goal when you're a soccer player. You're going to mm-hmm. I'm going to play a you know a, a wrong note. So, what he did was he came up with strategies for for what that was, and that's very very similar to to Navy SEALs, where they have I think it's at least three before they go into a room. It's at least three exits. They yeah. they they know you know. I mean, I I, yeah. I I failed out of SEAL training in that I never was in the Navy. So uh, I, I'm assuming that's one of that's one of the things I've read about for SEALs. Yes, they have those points of egress. They always have ways out. Well, think about this: How many times have you uh, had a bad day, and then you're taking a shower the next morning or later that day, and you're thinking of all of the retorts that you could have you could have had, or all of the all of the things you could have done differently in that game in order to win it, and you're just you're kicking yourself. This is reversing the process. You're doing that before you do the game so that you're, or before you go into the debate or before you go into the meeting so that when, when, you, when those things do arise, instead of regretting that you didn't do it, you're just prepared to do it. It's the same basic concept. You're running through the mi- your mind with all the possibilities, but you're doing it ahead of time, and you just need a stronger visualization in order to be able to do it. Yeah, that's really well said. Now, there is a, there is a contrast to this. Well, one of these motivational speakers that, uh, that I like, Tom Bill Yu, um, he talks about how how uh, race car drivers, right? Mm. 
they they will always tell you that when they're going at a how fast those guys go 120 miles probably faster uh, than that or 200 I, miles an hour yeah I mean, it depends I on the, it depends on the kind of car but they, some of those so those formula one cars they go like 220 240 right so they're saying that that uh, that they will go where their eyes go so they have to be very careful to make sure that where, wherever their eyes go is where there is is where their steering is going to go at that you know at, at that speed so so tom's uh point to this contrasting this is that if you think about a plan B, right? Whether you're on stage or, and that's different with the Navy SEALs because you're in, you're in, in harm's way. It's just going to distract you from plan A. Right. Yeah, ex- exactly. And so, uh, you know, if, I, if I'm thinking about what I'm going to do and I'm going to fail, and, mm-hmm. and I, re- I remember Jimmy Connors, well, you, when I was uh, broadcasting with him, you know, I, we, we'd be chatting, you know, during commercials, and, and I would say, you know, how, why are you so, how are you so consistent? And he used to use one of those T2000 uh, Wilson metal rackets. How are you so consistent? Um, with your with your serving, and he said, because I never think about the second serve. I always, I you know, I think I don't have a second serve, mm-hmm. right? So he, so that would, that helped him concentrate on his uh, for for a serving. He would always he would always see it in, and that's uh, that's part of the um, the the visualization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and vi- visualizing uh, is is super important, and it also it, it gets rid of that that we were talking about before. It gets rid of that regret because if you visualize forward. You're doing think backwards. Now you're getting ready to run uh, yet another race, the uh, Los, yeah. An- Los Angeles Marathon. Which I signed up to do a double race that weekend. By the way, I'm doing a 5K on the Saturday and then the full marathon on the Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll show for the last 18 <laughs> to mile 18 so I can see if you're still alive. Uh, but this is a this is the last tip. Uh, in, you know, focusing on on how you can use uh, the uh, the intelligence of athletes in anything that you're doing. Um, uh, and the good doctor says, you know, get in the habit of being mindful and in the moment. So mm-hmm. most sports psychologists say a lot of our stress comes from letting our mind race ahead to the finish line mm-hmm. long before we get there. But after you've practiced and prepared for all the what ifs, you got to shift your thoughts to the presence. So focusing on your breathing, taking a moment to be grateful for the opportunity, stuff like that. But then also do the um, Martin Luther King Jr. thing where it's like, don't see the whole staircase. Right. If you're seeing the mile 26, that's not a great idea. Most athletes will tell you, you know, you got to see maybe if you're a downhill skier going 75 miles an hour, maybe you see two gates in front of you. You got them all memorized anyway, yeah. but you're not seeing the finish line. No, you got, no, you, no. If you're not in the moment, you're going you're to hook, hook, you're gonna hook a, uh, a, a thing. You're going to hook a, <laughs> hook a ski <laughs> Hook a tip, the- sorry. <laughs> What's so funny? Why I'm myself. smiling? You can't see me smiling right now, but I'm smiling because literally, I, I'm watching you on TV. I, literally, <laughs> right before we did this, I watched maybe uh, 20 minutes of Will Smith inspirational videos. Which again, I know I'm an idiot. I get it, but I I, I just was so into it. And one of the things he talked about was uh, was this idea of first of all, if you're focused on Plan B, it's going to distract you from Plan A, and and you, and you don't want to. Um, yeah, you don't want to take away from that. But this again, this idea that uh, you, if you want to build the world's biggest wall, this is, I think he said this to Tavis Smiley. If you want to build the best wall in the world, don't wake up every day and say, "I'm going to build the best wall in the world." Wake up every day and say, "I'm going to lay a brick perfectly today." Mm, yeah, I'm going to lay one brick perfectly today, and before yeah. you know it, you've got the world's best wall. Before yeah. you know it, you've got that. So w- whatever it is that you're trying to apply to, whatever it is that you're trying to do, lay a brick today. And um, and that'll that'll be eventually that'll turn into your wall, whatever that might be. You know, one of the things that Les Brown uh, you know, says, one of, another one of my favorite motivational speakers, and, and he's got some great books out, is that we uh, and there's even a guy named Eric Thomas who's it's just in, you know he says you know everybody wants this is the greatest line and I can't steal this because everybody knows it, but everybody wants to be a beast, 
until you have to do what beasts do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so his thing is, you know, oh, man, Eric Thomas, you get up at 3.30. I'm going to get up at 3.32. And he says, and you do that for two days, and you're like, oh, oh never yeah, mind. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right? So uh, there is that thing that we're doing now where we're writing down our goals. We yep. wait up every morning. We write down our goals. And there's also this thing, and even Joel Olstein talks about it too when he's preaching, which is, you know, you've got to be able to see the wind. You have to be able to manifest it. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that is, it's biblical, right? But that manifestation a lot of times is stopping people from accomplishing because you're thinking, I'm just going to, what was it? It was, um, Jim Carrey in an interview who said, he said, yeah, I visualized that check of $10 million. Mm-hmm. Right? Remember that story? Right. Yep. But, but, but he also said, it's okay to visualize, but you can't go, you can't visualize and then go eat a sandwich. Right. <laughs> you have right. to actually do the work. And, and that's what a lot of us, a lot of people are doing is writing down the goals, getting really excited about the goals, but they're not willing to, to be what Eric Thomas calls a beast, going yeah. to beast mode. This is, uh, this is an old uh, Marine Corps saying, which is everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die. Oh, wow. So there you go. Yeah. You know, you, in order to do that, you, you kind of have to die to yourself in the process. So Alice, uh, psychologist Alice Domar wrote a book called Be Happy Without Being Perfect. And she says, here's a, a tip uh, for moving yourself forward in your life. As soon as the alarm buzzes, spend your first 15 seconds awake planning what to do for yourself, something nice to do for yourself. So she says that if you anticipate something fun or joyful, mm-hmm. it'll lift your mood as much as doing something fun. Yeah. Uh, and now for me, that is, I want to go to Italy and have muscles with my wife. <laughs> okay. That's, a, that's Wait, where I've got It's not like have a cocktail or whatever. I want to have muscles with my wife. This is important. What you guys don't know is that literally three times a week at about 4.30, 5 o'clock, uh, he'll just check out. And he'll, he'll go and he'll get Connie and be like, we're going to Italy. Uh, and they just disappear, and they go to Italy, and then they show up at my house at like eight o'clock that night with a plate of mussels, and they give them to me, which is very nice of them. And then they ask for about half of them while I'm sitting there eating them. <laughs> they are obsessed with it. If you guys don't know what Italy is, it's a it's a chain of markets and restaurants in in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, a couple other places right now, but I, I know it's in those three places. And and the um, the obsession from this guy with that place is is unbelievable. I mean, he's not kidding. Literally three times a week. He just goes to Italy in the evening once he gets everything done. That's, well, that, just, that's yeah. the only thing that makes I, him get I, stuff done. I'm just trying to make psychologist uh, Alice Domar happy. Her <laughs> next tip is, and this happened to me this morning, I tend to ruminate. If I lay in, if I, when you wake up, her thing is, if you're lying in bed, dreading the day, dwelling on problems, the first thing you need to do is just swing your legs over, get up. Mm-hmm. Again, her, her, her book, uh, Mind Over Mood, says the longer you lie there, the more you ruminate, the darker your outlook will mm-hmm. become. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she says... Get vertical, take a shower, and we've yeah. always talked about the, the beauty of, t- of taking a shower. I have to get to the gym first, then I come back. Yeah. Uh, but sh- here it is again. Another author saying you got to start your day with a win, with a, win. With a ritual, right. and give you know how important rituals are even for your children. Yes. Oh, I mean, the, you, can, you, can, uh, you can figure out a lot by watching my kids when they're in the routine versus when they're out of the routine. It almost makes vacation not worth it. For those of you that are parents of young kids, oh, that's interesting. It's, it's yeah. like it's it's almost to the point where not not all the way, but almost to the point where if I, just keeping the kids in the routine is so much easier on my life that taking them out of the routine to go on a trip is not worth it. So, like at Christmas time, we go visit my in laws. Not necessarily, it's a phenomenal time, but they are so out of routine that they behave poorly. They do, and and our, all of our brains, we never get past that. 
we need routine and we need that structure. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and the next tip is, gosh, this is interesting because this is Tom Brady's big tip in his book, TB12. They both, mm. they both share this, uh, this tip. These are tips from uh, the book, uh, Mind Over Mood. Uh, drink water first thing. Drink two glasses of water when yeah. you wake up because that's when your body is the most dehydrated. Yeah, um, dehydration causes fatigue, which affects our mood. I don't do this. I go. My first thing is bang. I'm in there at the coffee machine and I'm hitting the coffee. Then I realize about halfway through the day, man, I'm exhausted, and it's because I've, I've dehydrated myself. Yeah, you got that's. I have a giant mug of water yeah, yeah. and I keep it by my bed all night long, and it is the first thing I do. I just you got to pound the water. You got it. You've got to stay hydrated. It is literally the process for everything. Um, I, for a while I was going to the gym without coffee and I was so proud of myself because I'm a serious caffeine addict. And I was like, man, I just kicked this. I must have the strongest willpower in the world. And then I realized my pre-workout, the like scoops of stuff that I put in a little shaker bottle and, and have before I lift is full of caffeine. So I was getting even more caffeine and thinking <laughs> I was like, man, I've kicked this. My, I am stronger than chemistry. And it turns out <laughs> I am an idiot. So that's my... That's just, uh, there's not really any takeaway from that. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, so uh, let's move on to, uh, to Daniel Amen. Now, Daniel Amen has, he, he's been on our TV show. He's been mm -hmm. on our radio show. He's a brain health expert. He's tough, man. He's, he, he wants everybody to protect their brains and, and he's got data to back. He, he scans people's brains with the spec scans, you know, all that stuff. And uh, he's got these great PBS specials. He just shot one with our friend uh, Blair Blair Shasky. Um, he's here are a couple of his recommendations for uh, boosting your brain power. Right. So again, from doctor, he's a neuroscientist. The first one is, and we've given this tip on the radio before, is stand on one leg. So he, his feeling is that balance exercises strengthen our brain's cerebellum, the region that controls how well you process new information. So you, you try standing on one leg as long as you can, and then mm -hmm. switch and do the other one. Uh, and he says, you know, if you if you don't want to just do it as a as its own thing, do it while you're while you're brushing your teeth, right? Uh, and then brush your teeth with your left hand, which causes another you know c connection in your brain. And then a, a brain booster that Gib loves, and he practices it every day, uh, and it's a ritual for him. Uh, Doctor Amos says, uh, 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 pray and meditate. They yeah. activate the prefrontal cortex, improving focus and decision making. And in studies, uh, men and women who prayed regularly reduced their risk of age-related cognitive decline by 45%. How did you get started with a regular with uh, with a regular process ritual of praying and meditating? Okay, so for, first of all, I want to point out that we've basically been saying from nine different angles the same thing over and over and over again, which is get in the moment. Do whatever you have to do to be present in the present moment and cut out all the distractions out of your life for even 10 minutes. Like that's that's essentially what right, that's yeah. essentially what meditation is. Um, and, and prayer, I got in the habit of, uh, when I just in, in the process of, of a growing faith over my life, but I, um, uh, with the, the, the addiction of getting quiet, uh, has, I had to gamify, I had to use apps in order to, uh, in order to give myself that feedback loop so that I would get quiet for at least 10 minutes a day that I would, I would turn off the buzzers. I would put headphones in and, and just go through uh, breathing exercise and then talking to God and then breathing exercise. It, it's an amazing way of getting your brain right. Uh, and, and having that feedback of an app is, is very useful for me. Yeah, that's good. I use Headspace. And then the, there is a Bible app on the phone that has like every translation you can download in two seconds. So. You know, uh, Jim Caviezel, who is in the, the, the new movie about uh, Paul the Apostle, um, he and a bunch of uh, guys, including Gary Sinise and some great actors, they just created this thing called the Word of Promise Bible, and uh, and it's it's available on Audible, but it's also available, of course, on Amazon. But there's also an app 
called the Word of Promise app, and it combines – you love this, Gib. It combines uh, the, the audio from Audible to, uh, to uh, uh, a translation of the new – either King, King James or New King James, whichever you prefer. Mm. And, and, um, and they're married together, so you can just pick any piece of Scripture, right? And and it syncs up with the with the audio, and it's so it's 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 not goofy like some of these uh, recordings have been through the through the years, right. but it's these it's these you know high Jim Caviezel was uh, was Jesus in Passion of the Christ, yep. but it's um, got struck by lightning like three times yeah, yeah, while shooting yeah, that movie. Yeah. So he's yeah, so he's definitely got context <laughs> for uh, for for the for the passion of this um, uh, of this app uh, and and of the audio, and so. Uh, the, these actors are acting it out, but it's also there's music in there and sound effects, and and it's really a, it's really a great way to uh, to get to know um, the Bible. Uh, Give I want to combine two of uh, of our our favorite things here for yet another um, another brain hack. Uh, it turns out that two of the best things now that that we love uh, are are experts and neuroscientists are saying to put them together, and that's cocoa, as in cacao, and coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a study from Clarkson University. They said the combination, and we just had this this week on a radio show, combination of cocoa and caffeine improves attention, energy, motivation to perform mental tasks, and reduces feelings of anxiety and fatigue. So uh, study subjects were asked to consume either straight cocoa, cocoa combined with caffeinated coffee or coffee on its own. And after drinking the beverages, the study subjects were asked to take an attention test and do some math problems. The people who consumed cocoa and coffee had the very best results. So the um, the idea is to add a tablespoon of cocoa powder to your coffee grounds as they're brewing, or you can get a mocha from Starbucks, uh, and very very good for your for your brain. Incredible. Yeah, well, you know, that's a, just it's just a cafe mocha. I mean, that's that's like you said, that's it's one of the single most popular drinks at a coffee bar is a cafe mocha. And I can tell you, I have noticed that that is my wife's drink. Uh, when we go to a, to a high-end coffee shop, and the before and after of how she operates both emotionally and mentally is, is palpable. So I, I have experienced that anecdotally. The Cafe Mocha is definitely a miracle elixir. All right, let's do uh, – we're, we're closing in about 40 minutes here. Let's yeah. do, let's do um, one more quick piece. And this, this actually relates to uh, – I'm not sure how much you want to you wanna reveal about your personal relationship with your wife – but um, but I know that I set you up here, right? Yeah. Now, now I'm going to uh, have to say uh, I don't. So the Harvard Business School, right? They found that we all need to. We'll leave you with this. Need to take 10 minutes a day, right? And and ask you and reflect on your experiences of the day. So do this at the end of the day. You can do it with a journal, whatever you want to do. And you you ask, what did I accomplish today? Right. That's number one. What did I learn? Mm-hmm. And what could I do better? tomorrow it really lets you know if you if you got anything done at all again it's from harvard business school they say it's because reflection puts our brain into problem solving mode which can unlock ideas that help make it easier to achieve your goals and the reason i brought this i'll I'll give them to you again what did i accomplish today what did i learn what could i do better tomorrow and the reason i I connected this to you and your uh your your marriage of 12 years is do you guys still do that thing where sometime during the week you you ask you know what uh, how did I do this week I, I can't remember what the questions oh, are. Oh, the, the five or seven questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we don't do that anymore. Oh, you got to do. It. You got to go tell people <laughs> about it in case they, in case they want to do it. I can't remember the questions anymore. They're very similar. It's what, what did I do well this week? What did I do? What could I do better? Uh, but you do this with your, your needs. And, but yeah, but we, you do this with your kids we too. Do highs and lows. Highs and lows. Okay, so explain highs and lows. Highs this and is lows great is to do. You, it's 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 basically the same concept. Do you say what was the high point of your day? And what was the low point of your day? And then on, uh, uh, at the end of the week, we'll do what was the high point of your week. What was the low point of your week? It's um, 
it just gets my kids to be more reflective about their days and to think about what was good and what was bad. And even if they had a bad day to remember, there was something good. And if they had a good day to remember, there was something that wasn't great. So that they, you know, it keeps them, it keeps everybody grounded in the process. Um, and and that's something that that we do. I actually think these three questions: the uh, what did I what, what did I do well today? What did I learn? And what can I do better? Uh, which is very similar to the the other questions that we that I currently do. Journal those those questions. Mm. Journal the answers to those questions because you will see, and this is something you love to do. We love we both love to journal. When you go back and look at how your thinking has evolved and how your approach to the day has evolved, you will see um, you will see a you, you should see if you're doing it right a positive trend, and you can actually chart your own growth that way. Yeah, this has been great. I, I, I love talking about this stuff because it just gets me excited to... The uh, process. Yeah, the process. Uh, so let us know what your process is. You know, we're, 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 we're broadcasting on Facebook and our podcast at the same time, and I'm watching a lot of questions go by. And what we'll do is next time we do a, uh, the podcast, we will uh, we'll answer these questions. But a lot of folks are telling us about their, uh, about their process, and so... Uh, and you guys have a lot of uh, a lot of questions. Um, and if, if, for those of you who are listening on the on on the podcast, you can watch this with uh, with video on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash John Teshin. Gib's going to tell you how to how to reach us on on Twitter, et cetera. Yeah, so it's uh, it's very easy. Like John said, facebook.com slash John Tesh. Uh, I am Gib Gerard, G I B G E R A R D. I'm available at Gib Gerard or facebook.com slash Gib Gerard. And uh, that is a great way to get a hold of us. You go to tesh.com, sign up for our newsletter. We send out all kinds of stuff every week if you are interested in that. Uh, and always like, uh, like, comment, rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also engage with us. Let us know what you're thinking about the stuff that we're doing and what you want to see us talk about in the future. I'm not really sure what's going on with our, 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 our Facebook page as far as popularity, but I have to tell you that you know we just looked at the, the insights this week. There are 27 million of you guys that are commenting on what we're doing, and we take that very, very seriously. So uh, for those of you who are on the podcast who haven't signed up at our, our, our Facebook page or seen our YouTube videos, please, we'd, we'd love to have you along for the ride. Uh, that's all I got. Gib, what about it? That, th- thank you guys for watching and listening.